Every week they talk about music coming into Milwaukee and music coming out of Milwaukee. Here's Evan Ritleski of 88.9 and Piet Levy of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. This is Tapped In. Hello, hello. Welcome to Tapped In. I am Evan, here with Piet. And this week we are recapping Summerfest. As we record this, we don't know what the attendance was uh, for this year's Summerfest, but it's safe to say it was going to be low, uh, historically low. It was not a well-attended Summerfest, as I think anybody who was there uh, saw themselves. But there was a lot to celebrate this year, wasn't there, Piet? You were there as much as anybody this year. What were your takeaways from the festival? Uh, My takeaway is that there was a festival. I think I'll just make it very (laughs) basic like that. I mean, really, honestly, in January, when we were in that horrible wave, it just seemed like Summerfest was going to get canceled for a second year. I just, it was so hard to wrap my mind around, you know, that we could even get to a Summerfest. Uh, and it came back and that's amazing. I think it's kind of like, it's almost miraculous that it came back. It also came back and it, this would be really emphasized. It came back during a terrible time for the pandemic. I mean, the, the cases in, in Wisconsin, the country, oh man, they're at their highest levels since January. And that, uh, that really started creeping up when it was like, too late to pull the plug. It would have been really catastrophic if they if they did. So they rolled with the punches as best as they could. You know, they had the, the protocols in place. They were like one of the first festivals in the country to announce proof of vaccination or a negative test to get in, um, which I commend them for doing. I know some people were upset about it. And some people were complaining it wasn't a tight enough policy. And I can see those points too. But it wasn't just a free-for-all either. It was kind of the best that they could do, I feel like, just given the horrible circumstances. Um and then also, you know, it was also kind of the flimsiest lineup in the sense that anything could drop at any moment. Uh, you know, there was the risk that an amphitheater show would just cancel that day. That was very likely to happen. It didn't happen, though. A few acts canceled on the side stages, some the morning of. Yola canceled like three hours before she was supposed to play because she got tested positive for COVID. And they, they rolled with it. They did the best they could. They had spin doctors play twice <laughs> in one day <laughs> just to make it work. And I... And they also did some good last-minute bookings, like Flaming Lips for the Pixies and you know Guster for Indigo Girls. I mean, that's not equal, but still, they got something good. Uh, you know, I, I they I think really hats off to them that this was able to happen. And even though attendance was, yeah, it's going to be low, I'm sure. I was surprised that historically, low. yeah, historically low. I, I was surprised at how many shows were not that low in the beginning. Everything was kind of low, and then you know as it got later. It definitely got more crowded. Um, you know, Chris Stapleton was probably sold out. Dave Chappelle sold out. Uh, Dave Matthews' band was packed. Miley Cyrus was packed. Guns N' Roses was packed. Uh, you know, there was a lot of really big, full shows uh, in the amphitheater. And uh, and our other writers for the Journal Sentinel, they said there were a lot of packed shows on the grounds, like for for Nelly and for Run the Jewels. So definitely, definitely good crowds were still there. I do think people exaggerated just how bad it was. I mean, those numbers are going to be bad, but it wasn't like it was a wasteland. I was seeing some news sites sharing photos of like the Summerfest grounds at 2 p.m. on a Thursday, like attendance sure is low today. It's like, yeah, it's 2 p.m. on a Thursday. But if you were there at night, you know, some nights it felt pretty normal. It did. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of nights it did feel normal, especially in those second two weekends. I will say that first weekend did feel pretty dead. I think, and I think the amphitheater shows impacted the things a little bit. The week, the weather was also not quite as nice the first weekend as it was the second two weekends, but they had, you know, chance the rapper who's a great act, but not touring behind any new music that attendance with that amphitheater was a little bit low and it probably had an impact on attendance for the grounds overall and, and the lineup that, that day on the ground stages. 
So some days are stronger than others, and that happens every every year. Uh, but there were some really strong days, and and even in the afternoons, there were some pretty strong afternoons. They had like a a throwback uh, Thursday promotion. They they've been doing this for a few years. That's always a hit. The drinks are half off. That happened September 9th this year. They had a full house for Stapleton that night. And the grounds were really crowded. Uh, Everclear was packed <laughs> at, at four <laughs> o'clock. You know, I mean, that's something to consider in the future is like doing more of those, those half off drink deals because those are a hit. Pandemic be damned. Piet, how, how do you think Summerfest organizers are feeling about this year? I think when they talked to media and Don Smiley, the CEO, has, ta- has said this to me before. I mean, I think he just really thought I do believe this to, to a certain degree that it's it's amazing that we're back. We we missed that it was gone. This is something that the city has taken probably taken for granted to some degree until suddenly it couldn't happen. I mean, no one assumed that there would ever not be a Summerfest until there was not a Summerfest last year. So I think in that regard, I think they'll see it as a big success. I think artists were generally very happy. And even artists, I saw some artists playing for like a few dozen people. They seemed thrilled to be playing for anybody, even if they were empty stages. Um, so I think all those things considered, the fact that they ran this so well, uh, the fact that you know they were able to book a really great lineup and they had people, it's better than what last year was by far. Um, so I think they'll see the success. We'll see what the long-term financial impact might be. But I think the fact that it happened is a major victory given the circumstances. All right, we're going to continue this conversation after the break and talk a little bit about some of the highlights from this year's festival because there were some memorable ones. We'll be back, Captain. Thanks for streaming 88.9 Radio Milwaukee. All the music you enjoy here is listener supported and right now you have a chance to make a huge impact on the programming you enjoy. The Heil Family Foundation is matching gifts through October 5th Visit RadioMilwaukee.org slash donate to double your support now. We're back. Tapped in. Evan Piet Summerfest. Piet, uh, as, as I said at the beginning of the show, you were there as much as anybody. You see everything, <laughs> which I can't believe. I went to, I went to one amphitheater show uh, this year, and I was like burned out by the spectacle of it all. <laughs> the amphitheater shows are like so big and grand, and there's so much production. And you go to literally all of them. I can only imagine what that's like. That is not a normal thing for a person to do. But uh, what, what were some of your favorites? What, what stood out to you this year? Well, we, we should talk about the one amphitheater show you went to because I think you went to the best one. I mean, there were a lot of really, there's a lot of great stuff, and I always feel very lucky I got to see all the amphitheater shows at Summerfest this year. Um, but that Miley Cyrus show that you were at, uh, that was my favorite show this year. Um, I think it just started really strong. You know, she came out, it was just a really energetic set. I love the way it started where it was um, the line from uh, We Can't Stop was like, you know, we can't. We can do what we want. We can kiss who we want. That kind of thing. That little like bassy kind of vocal throughout the yeah, song. The kind of screwed part. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was like teased out. It was like such a great way to to set the tone for the night and to build anticipation. And that really became like a huge thesis statement for the show. Uh, you know, it was just you know, be you, celebrate you, enjoy life. We're here to finally celebrate music and being together. Um, it started out so strong, and then I was really kind of struck because, and I'd love your take on this, but. Uh, I think like eight or nine songs into it, she started talking and she did a lot of talking that night, but she started talking to the crowd and said, you know, she felt like during the pandemic, you know, people could be their, their more of their truer selves can be a little bit more vulnerable. There's been more of that. And we've seen this from pop stars over the years. Certainly they've, they've addressed mental health in their songs and things, but this is really striking to me because she was saying this kind of in real time, how 
we could be open and vulnerable. And she was, she confessed to the crowd, like right there that, uh, you know, a, a couple songs prior, she spoke to her drummer, um, who's a musical director and she's known him since uh, she was 12. And she told him like, I think I'm on the verge of a panic attack. And, you know, she just kind of stressed to the crowd that, you know, I'm still kind of getting used to this and kind of pulled away. I used to feel just so naturally comfortable on stage. And now it's, it's a little bit, you know, the pandemic was frightening and even coming out of the pandemic is a little frightening. And she just stressed, like, I just want to be completely transparent with everyone. Um, and I thought that was really uh, amazing and really brave for her to do that. And the crowd really uh, seemed to really kind of respond to that and supported that. Like I said, there's been more and more discussions about uh, mental health. I remember Imagine Dragons' Dan Reynolds had a big speech about how the importance of, of going to see a therapist in his show. I mean, it's been wonderful to see that kind of stuff. But I don't think I've ever seen an artist kind of say, you know, to a crowd, I'm feeling a little anxious right now. I just want you to know, but I want us to just be open. And, and she said she said that because I felt like it'd make her feel more courage. Um, and from there, I think with the support from the fans and because she's just such a good performer, that show was just insanely, insanely good and cathartic. Yeah, the uh, fans love when artists open up. I mean, they want to see a little bit of the real person behind the performer. Yeah, uh, Miley Cyrus definitely gave us that. The the thing that always jumped out to me about Miley Cyrus is even when she was a teen star, those songs were about panic attacks. Mm-hmm. That uh, she's got that uh, "See You Again." The, the lyric is literally the last time I freaked out. That's like the chorus. Uh, Party in the USA is literally a song about a panic attack. She's in a cab yeah. in a big city and she has a panic attack and uses music to calm her down. I've, I've always like, that's like always been the part of Miley Cyrus that I've related to the most. Like mm-hmm. a couple things about Miley Cyrus I really identify with. Uh, panic attacks. She misses her dead dog. Very relatable. Yeah. She likes rap music. Very relatable. <laughs> like, yeah. Those are like the things where I'm like, yeah, I see myself in Miley. Um, some of the like, Tina Turnery rock star aesthetic of the night. Eh, that wasn't really for me. Like okay. it was, you know, she came out with the big hair. I thought the aesthetic was like kind of gaudy. And I thought some of the covers, she just threw down so many covers. Yeah. And I was like, eh, I'm not, I'm not as into this. Mm-hmm. But then she would get to like wrecking ball and just crush it. It was yeah. a very good show. Like I uh very, very much enjoyed that show. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I thought it was really good. And I was down with the covers. The gaudiness can definitely be gaudy. It's gaudy for the sake of being gaudy. And it can be a little polarizing. Uh, there was like one song where there's just footage of animated skeletons, like doing sexual gestures on a, on a Harley Davidson. And there was like literally like two dozen of them <laughs> at once. And I was just like, this is, this is a bit much. But that's kind of, that's her style. Fans know to expect that from her. Um, I just thought, yeah, I thought it was a, a really wonderful show. And you're right about those songs. I mean, that's why people relate to her. I'm just so, I was still nevertheless a little surprised that, you know, to, that she would address that in kind of real time. It's, it's not just mm-hmm. talking about, like, like I said, with Dan Reynolds, he said that a few years ago, I went through this and, you know, when, when they do that, they can kind of, they have a speech kind of ready. Yeah. It's scripted. It's, they know what they're going to say. They know how they're going to open up, um, to have someone, you know, on a big stage like that from so many people, kind of open up on the spot about something happening like in real time was, was pretty striking, not just singing a song about an incident that happened several years ago, but really saying, Hey, this is where I'm at right now. Um, and I think fans really resonate with that. For me, for me, it really was powerful being in that amphitheater that if it wasn't sold out, it must've been two tickets short of sold out. I mean, there was yeah. not an empty seat there. It was powerful 
being in in a crowd that big again. And yeah, sometimes a little scary, but like yeah. it, it it felt very good. I got that experience this year. I got yeah. that experience of being packed in with however many thousand people. How, how many thousand people is it? Piet? What's the? It's like it's like technically twenty three to twenty four thousand can be. In it there. must have been almost twenty four. Yeah, uh, and it, and it felt good. I mean, Summerfest gave me that memory this year. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and uh, it was fun. Wiz Khalifa opened. You know, he was like a last minute replacement for the Kid Leroy. That was kind of neat. You know, I remember being at his show ten years ago, and that was like one of the most crowded shows I've ever been to at Summerfest. That was insane how packed that show was. So it's fun to see him kind of come back 10 years later for this little victory lap of sorts. I think in your review, you said he was like in dad mode now. <laughs> I feel like he is like, I've, I don't follow him super closely, but the, the main projects I've noticed was like, you know, when my kids had Disney channel on, I would see him in an Oreo commercial doing kind of like an Oreo commercial <laughs> rap. And he's there with this kid in the Oreo commercial. And then we're, we're all huge fans of the mask singer in, in the Levy household. Um, and he was the chameleon on the latest season of the mask singer. We were all rooting for him. He was great. He was great as the chameleon. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's how. What, what a lovably dopey dude. I, <laughs> I was, you know, I've never been like a huge fan, right. but that show was uh, adorable. Right. And those hits are very nice and they made everybody feel young. They made everybody feel like it was 2013 again. And yeah, who doesn't want to feel like it's 2013 again, you know? Yeah, it was fun. There was a family in front of me for the Wiz Khalifa set. This is hilarious. There was a, a mom, a dad, the dad's sister, I think, because they looked very similar. And then like a 13-year-old, 12-year-old girl. And during Black and Yellow, the, all the adults were just up on their feet, just like swaying their hips, moving their arms everywhere, just going crazy for Black and Yellow. And the girl is just sitting there, <laughs> <laughs> surrounded by these dancing, you know, 50-ish-year-old adults. <laughs> it was, that was such a treat, such a treasure to see that. Um, and you know, and then he got to do 23 with Miley Cyrus, which was awesome. He had a, he came out of course with a, with a big, thick blunt. He gave it to a fan in the pit. So lucky fan, I guess, <laughs> to get the rest of Wiz Khalifa's joint. Uh, but that's, that's what Summerfest is all about. It's about sharing and caring. Piet, how many Spin Doctors concerts did you attend this year? Zero. I'm yeah. so disappointed. Did you I, go to I, I was them? thinking, <laughs> so <laughs> As, as most people listening probably know, if you made it this deep in our podcast, uh, Spin Doctors on short notice uh, played two shows. Natasha Bedingfield canceled. Summerfest tried really hard to find a replacement for her. They could not. And so they just had Spin Doctors do a second show because Spin Doctors were there already. And uh, this became sort of a thing on social media because it's fun. The world needs uh, fun stories. And Spin Doctors... Uh, doing double duty at Summerfest is fun. And uh, I tweeted about it so much that day because I was so amused by it. I realized I probably have to go see the Spin Doctors. Uh, <laughs> so I did. And the whole time I was there, you know, watching a Spin Doctors concert, I was thinking, Piet could never. <laughs> I am, <laughs> Piet may be at every amphitheater show, but I am the only music writer at a Spin Doctors show. And <laughs> it, was, it was pretty, pretty fun. It was uh, Spin Doctors put people in a very good mood. I forgot how funky that band is. Like I, I vaguely remember uh, some jangle in those early '90s hits that they had, but I forgot that they were like full on funk, freaky kind of like early Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, weird band, man. Really, really weird band. But they put everybody in a good mood, and I have it on good authority that they crushed it at that second set too, even though I wasn't able to stay. 
because I had a baby with me. Yeah, of course. I'm curious if they did the exact same set or if they're like, let's just totally change things up. And they did like a thousand crazy covers or something like that. It was probably the exact same set, but still. It was, prob- <laughs> it was probably the exact same set, which is a shame because I, I think they pride themselves on being sort of a jam band. And I had the idea that it would be really, really fun if they just came out and did like two princes again and again and again, <laughs> seven times in a row, eight times in a row, like it was the Watch the Throne tour. And people just got like more and more hyped about it. And I mean, everybody would be texting like, you need to get over here. I really wanted to like float the idea to them on uh, on Twitter, but I didn't want to be mean. I didn't want it to come off as like condescending, you know, right, like I was right. mocking them. So I, I didn't, and I really wish I had because they could have been legends if they just... <laughs> If they'd just gone for it, we would have been talking about that 10 years from now. They, they, they could have gone down in like Summerfest history. Uh, but I still really appreciate how game they were. You know, they, they came, they smiled, they played the songs. People really liked them. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great that, that you were able to go check it out. Uh, I, I wish I could have been there, but uh, I'm afraid I missed them. Next time they play three sets, maybe I'll go to one of those, <laughs> those, those three sets. Yeah, did, you get to, know, did you get to go to anything else, Evan? I, I, I got to so little. I did get there every day this uh, this final weekend, which was lovely. But I was actually one of the people um, who was going for those 4 p.m. sets. And I think one of the big disappointments of this year's Summerfest is they booked pretty great acts at 4 p.m. to give you something to see, but they mostly weren't well attended just because it was 2021. That It is what it is. But I was one of those people who was there specifically for those 4 p.m. sets. So I, I did see the Spin Doctors. I I am so embarrassed to admit this. I wanted to see Eve Six because the <laughs> Eve Six guy who's had like a resurgence on Twitter follows yeah. me on Twitter. Okay, and, sure. Uh, which is a big badge of honor. I'm like very proud of of uh, being followed by the Eve Six guy. And so you know you want to support uh, your your network. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's part of my crew now, I guess. So I was like, I'm going to go support him. And Piet, I went the wrong day. Oh, no. <laughs> I like biked down there. I was like, I am seeing Eve 6 at 2 p.m. Once again, Piet could never. But I get there and uh, <laughs> and some some cover band that, uh, with all due respect, wasn't great, was playing instead. And I was like, I am here on the wrong day. Oh, uh, no. but, but I did get there for the right day to see the Lemonheads, which again oh. is an, an act I would never see at 10 p.m. I'm just if, if you're seeing if you're there at 10 p.m. you want to see Run the Jewels. You want to see yeah. something memorable. You want to see Jerry Harrison or something. Uh but if you're there at 4 p.m., you will see the Lemonheads and it will be delightful. And I, I enjoyed the Lemonheads quite a bit. The Lemonheads played that last day, right? The the 18th? They they did, and they must yeah. have been a late edition. They because weren't. they weren't on like a lot of the schedules. Yeah. You know, you like Summerfest's own schedules got like pretty out of date this year. <laughs> Yeah, it happens every year, but especially this year. Good yeah. Lord, if you picked up that Summerfest pamphlet, you'd be like, what time does Liz Fair play? It's like, oh man, Liz, Liz Fair canceled years ago. Yeah. It was it yeah. was a weird it was a weird year. Benningfield was a replacement for Liz Fair. I mean that that was just a doomed a doomed <laughs> replacement set. canceled. And and same thing, I was gonna see Yola. Yeah. You know, that was gonna be one of the four PM headliners I saw. It was uh, Summerfest really <laughs> it, it rolled with the punches. I loved what you said. It was uh they they did what they could with what they had. Uh, be- before I let you go, Piet, one more. What was the like second best thing you saw or a second best thing you saw? 
Well, uh, I really, I really loved. Um, but I got to ask you a question before I'll do this. But then one more thing before we wrap. If you're cool, if you're sure. down, but, yeah, we could uh, go forever here. <laughs> yeah, we could, but I'll do a very quick shout out to Twenty One Pilots because I know that's not everyone's cup of tea. But I do think that band is a really fun, exciting, bold live band. I remember seeing them at Lollapalooza in 2015 and kind of knowing them a little bit, but just knowing that there was a lot of hype behind them at that time. Uh, I was on the hill overlooking the field at Grant Park, and there were so many people there, more than probably Paul McCartney that weekend. And so many people were jumping at one point that the hill underneath my feet, I'm not with them, I'm like above them, (laughs) but the hill underneath my feet was moving. It was wild. Like it was just that many people jumping in that field caused vibrations in the earth underneath <laughs> my feet on this hill. And I was just like, damn, this band has got something. And, uh, you know, a lot of critics are like, oh, they stink and they'll be gone in five minutes. But they, they haven't been. Um, and I think the Summerfest set was so great because they're a really exciting live band. They do lots of crazy things. The drummer will do a drum solo in a pit over the fans and the lead singer will climb this like 15 foot tall scaffold for one song, kind of stand there and sing to the back of the crowd. And uh, they have that kind of stuff. And then they had a whole bunch of new stunts. And then the best part about it was that they're now no longer a two piece live. Now they're a six piece and the band just sounded so much better. I mean, they just had a lot of really interesting curveballs and musical twists and uh, from like some kind of funky jams to like a, you know, a low rider cover to like this like cool kind of acoustic-y campfire sing-along thing. Yeah, I was going to ask, were they the, the campfire band? I saw so many photos of that campfire uh, yeah. on my feed. They were the campfire band and the, the violinist, he was roasting a marshmallow at the end of the bow. Uh, his violin Mumford bow. and Sons could never. Mumford and Sons <laughs> and the Lumineers are going to have to step it up. They had, they were making s'mores on stage. They were, they were. You got it, you, you got it, you got it. And they needed a full s'more, absolutely. I mean, but I just think they were so good. They were such a good live band. There were a lot of fans that were there clearly from around the country, like diehard Pilots fans. Uh, it was a really good show. I mean, that, that was neat because, you know, Miley Cyrus, this is one of many festival dates or Guns N' Roses or Green Day. They're all amazing. But this was like a show that you know they'll know and that any mm-hmm. fan was there will know this is a special show. It's like their first show in like 622 days, a very different show and their best show I think they probably ever put on just because of all these new elements. So that's definitely one that's going to be remembered for, for a long time, for sure. My thing with 21 Pilots is uh, it's okay as a critic to say, this is not for me. I am, yeah. I am too old. I am too cynical. I do not go to Hot Topic all the time anymore. Uh, it's, it's And it is okay. I, I wouldn't even know how to review that band because it is so foreign to me. And, I, and I'm pretty like sympathetic kind of to what they do. I was a Linkin Park fan. It's not that I'm like, shut all this stuff out. I'm too good for any of it. But that band is a tall order for me. <laughs> they are yeah. not for me. Well, if you see them live, maybe you'll change your mind. And you know, probably, probably you won't, but maybe you will. Like Again, that's not like necessarily my kind of thing, but I think they're great, you know, and uh, I know it's it's hard for people to kind of, you know, uh, drink the Kool Aid on that one or whatever. But yeah, I think I think they're I think they're especially live. That's what really convinced me. They're a very the world needs bands that are exclusively youthful. They really yeah. do. Not every band can can be everything to all people. Yeah, you know, give give the kids something that's uniquely theirs that that they can claim as their own. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. But before I let you go, I do I do want to pick your brain for a moment on this because I read an article you did for Radio Milwaukee about mm-hmm. the new format. And you oh, mentioned sure. how, and you mentioned how the four PM shows. You love those. I love them. Uh, I saw Cam at four PM again. She was amazing. That was that last day. Really good. 
actually a really good crowd that was very attentive, very quiet. They really appreciated and soaked in the lyricism. Uh, hmm. That was really magical. And I would not have been at a Cam show at 10 p.m. I don't think a lot of those people would have. And I think Cam probably would have been drowned out by whatever was next door at 10 p.m. Uh, Blanco Brown was also just really charming. Uh, he's, a, he's a country rap guy, and it was a really kind of unifying sort of experience. Um, you know, also 4 p.m. probably wouldn't have drawn you know a crowd at 10. Wonderful that he played at a four. The reason these 4 p.m. things are happening is because they they did cut back on the 11 day format, and now they're doing these three three day weekends. And their whole argument is, you know, we we cut out some of those the slower times for business. We we invest more of the talent budget into trying to have more bigger names earlier in the day to get people out, uh, which I think I think is a really smart strategy. I appreciate it. Uh, I know you're not as, as big of a fan of the of the three three day weekends uh, as I am, but I think I think it works because it does allow these four pm things to happen and they do play on these um, you know they, they get to try to capitalize on doing bigger days to try to get more people there too, which you know which they've got to do from a business perspective, which is especially coming off of these yes. probably really tough years. But what's yeah. what's your take? All right, so I I do not, and I think most people don't like the three weekend format. I yeah. will say part of that is because people hate change. People yeah. are like skeptical of any change. My thing is what's unique about Summerfest is its ubiquity. The way it just takes over everything for this like eleven day run. It's all Summerfest. Get there while you can. There's almost a sense of urgency, like oh, it's Summerfest time. Let's go. It just takes over everything. When you spread it across over three weekends, people get confused as to when it is, which day it is. I found myself thinking all the time on like a Tuesday, like, ooh, I'm free. I could go to Summerfest tonight. Nope, you can't go to Summerfest. There's mm. no Summerfest on a Tuesday. So I like those like sort of like, I like going on weekdays. Uh, I like going on like mellower times. I like going on Sundays. It's a weekend. Let us hang out at the lakefront all Sunday. Uh, you can't do that with a Thursday through Saturday structure. So I I am not a fan. Uh, I if you'd asked me before this year, I would have said, well, this three day weekend is a done deal. Like they're 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 clearly committed to it. It is what it is. After this year, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens next year. But it wouldn't shock me if they reconsidered it because if if attendance is you know down way below expectations again next year, that has been the trend lately. I don't know. I don't know that this fixes it. As for the 4 p.m. headliners, love them. I see your argument, but you could just spread out a few less of them <laughs> over 11 days. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, you're right. We'll have to see kind of what it does. I mean, clearly their attendance was dropping in the old ways anyway before the pandemic. So, and a lot of festivals go with that weekend format. I will agree with you I, that I'm in favor of the three-day weekends, uh, but I agree with you. Like, I, I'm kind of confused why they're not doing the Friday through Sunday, frankly. Especially if they're going to maybe keep doing these kickoff concerts. Yeah. Why not? Why not do the kickoff concerts on the the Thursdays? And then and the Thursday attendances were pretty bad. They might have been the worst of them. So it's the like, only the only Thursday that was good was the day they had the deal. The day yeah. they had the the throwback drink deal. Like th- that day was pretty well attended um, for the afternoon sets. But otherwise, it was really dead. And it's a September a Thursday. All sorts of issues there. Um, it will be interesting to see what the Thursdays are like in the summer, but I, I am a, I am a little confused. I, I think the, the format is good, but I'm a little confused on the days. I'm not quite sure why they're kind of cashing on these Thursdays versus trying to take advantage of, of Sundays and bring people out for those mm-hmm. matinee shows on Sundays. 
Well, Piet, I, I appreciate all of your perspective. I've, I've really enjoyed your coverage. You reviewed so many shows. Uh, you and all the other writers at the Journal Sentinel just covered so much. It's it's really remarkable. You can find all of that coverage at jsonline.com. Of course, you can follow us at RadioMilwaukee.org and find this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Tapped In is produced by Kenny Perez. Our handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from you, our members. Thanks to our subscribers, too. Piet, I will see you next time on Tapped In. See you next time, Evan. <laughs>